Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundations. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Hi, my name is Jeff, and welcome to the podcast today. Uh, today, our guest is Nassan Shulman, and uh, Nassan is a distinguished tour guide and leading blogger on Israel. He specializes in VIP tours of Israel and is the founder of Israel's first virtual tour video company, where viewers can feel as though they are touring Israel from the comfort of their own homes. Man, that would be amazing for so many of you. Nassan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you here, and um, we got a couple of websites. We'll actually just let people know how they can find out more about you, and uh, one is www.guidedtoursofisrael.com. That's guidedtoursofisrael, no spaces, .com, and also virtualtoursofisrael.com. And so if you want to check out Nassan's uh, company, his uh, tours, you can go there. Now, Nassan, it's great for us to have you on the podcast today because we have a connection. You uh, were originally a Canadian, but now you reside in Israel. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. I was born in uh, Montreal. I lived there for the first 18 years of my life. Then I migrated over to Toronto at the University of Toronto. And at 21, I came to Israel. But I'm still a Canadian citizen. I still come to visit both my parents uh, live in Montreal, uh, sorry, in, in Toronto, and um, my grandparents still live in Montreal, so I'm still very much have a strong Canadian connection. Now, why would you want to leave such a beautiful place as Canada? Canada is a very beautiful place. It's it was a, it's a country that I flourished very much in, but Israel. When I took my first trip to Israel, there was something about the air. There was just something about everything. There was just something about being there that was hard to explain. I mean, it was my, my first trip there was at 18, but I knew that on that first trip that that wasn't going to be my last trip and that ultimately I'd be moving there eventually, which happened about uh, three and a half years later. But I knew that um, that living in Israel, once like once I had that first experience, I knew that I had to live there permanently. Wow. So just the fact of, of being there, the feeling that you had was why you made the decision to uh, make Aliyah, as, as we say. Um, that's, that's incredible. And I understand, actually. Uh, I understand the feeling that you're talking about. I understand that something in the air. Uh, you know, we, uh, I can't make Aliyah. I'm not a, I'm not a Jew, but uh, we love going to Israel and we're very excited about being back soon. But um, it's great to be able to sort of hear your story. Now, in the, the Bible, uh, the land of Israel is of extreme importance to the people of Israel, to the Jewish people. Why is that from your perspective? What, what makes it so important? So my ancestor, Abraham, was lived, grew up in what's a place called um, Ur, which is today in Iraq. He eventually moved to a place called Haran, which is in um, southern Turkey of today. And in the book of Genesis, God tells Abraham, which is roughly about 4,000 years ago, tells Abraham to go to a land which I'll show you. He doesn't tell him what land that's going to be. Abraham doesn't ask. Abraham just trusts that God's going to show him the land that he, that's going to be good. And the moment that Abraham stepped onto that land, the connection, the eternal connection 4,000 years ago, 
which continues to this day, um, the connection between the Jewish people and the land of Israel became eternal at that very moment. And uh, many times throughout the Bible, oftentimes God will preface, he'll say, Moses, when I will bring you to the land of Israel, the land, when I will bring you to the land which I will show you, and the land which you will dwell in, um, oftentimes those are used to uh, introduce a topic like fire offerings or different sacrifices. Many people miss that part, but it actually, how many times has God said it, the land which I will give you, um, you know, based on that and all many of the commandments, there are many commandments of a Jew. Some commandments can only be fulfilled in the land of Israel. So based on those connections, there's there's no other place for a Jew in the same way that there is Israel. Right. Okay, so that's why it's important to Jews in general. Now let's make it personal. Why is it so important to you? Excellent question. But I mean, this, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to be able to wake up every day in Israel. Oftentimes I'm just walking on the street, just on the pavement, and I'm thinking to myself, I just want to get on the ground and, uh, you know, kiss it. You know, and I, sometimes I don't do it because in certain situations I might kind of look weird, like a grown man going to kiss the ground. But that's how I feel about it. That's, how, that, that's the feeling I have every day. The land of Israel, to me, I mean, the first time I came here, I was 18. I came on a free trip called Birthright. I don't know if you've heard of Birthright. It's uh, also called Tivoli. Yes. It's, uh, for those of you who don't know it, it's, about, it's a trip to Israel uh, for students between the ages of 18 to 26. For, people to, uh, for Jews to come on a free trip to Israel, sponsored by uh, different uh, philanthropists. And to explore Israel on a 10-day tour. That 10-day tour I took really changed my life. And I mean, within those 10 days, I made life decisions that I never even thought of before that trip ever happened. And ultimately, as I told you, I knew I was going to end up here in Israel. And um, that's ultimately what I did. And I've been here now for 13 and a half years. Wow, that's great. Now, uh, you've made a career out of sharing this passion for Israel with others. Talk to us about when you first became a tour guide and, and why. What made, made you make a decision like that? It was, actually at a, it was actually at a moment, very interesting story. So my wife and I, when I got married, I was 21. We came to learn in Israel for a year. I came to learn in what's called a yeshiva, a place of advanced Torah studies. That was only going to be for a year. And in that year, I mean, I was applying for jobs when I returned to Toronto. So it was it was really only supposed to be a year. But three months before, during the time of Passover, three months before my return trip, I took my wife on a trip to Masada. Masada, which I'm sure you've been to numerous times, Israel's second most visited yes. site after the Western Wall. And most tourists will go to Masada, a site, which is a site where the Romans, where the Jews took a last stand against the Romans, um, very dramatic sight. I took my wife there and I was walking with her and I was telling her, giving her over the, the narrative the way I'd heard it when I was on tours. And then I said to her at one point, you know what? We're going back in three months. How about this? Let's cancel that three months. Let's stay here forever. Let's make Aliyah. Let's immigrate to Israel. And I'm going to go to tour guiding school and be a tour guide. And that's pretty much where it started. And, you know, about a week later, my wife said, you know, she pulled me aside and said, you know, I think that's a good idea. So I decided I was going to go to school, which in Israel, it's not easy to be a tour guide. It's very regulated. Uh, those who have done both, let's say, the bar exam and the tour guiding exam here will tell you that the bar, it's much easier to become a lawyer. Um, you have to take a two-year course, which I did. 
um, and you got to um, you, you have to know a lot about everything about Israel, the different religions that live here, the theologies of those religions, the different eras of history, Ottomans, and the you know the different parts of the Ottoman Empire and the architecture and everything there is to know about Israel. And then you take an excruciating exam, and by the time you get to the exam, you I mean you're thinking, you're sleeping, you're everything has to do with Israel. And once I got that, I mean, one of the greatest moments of my life was when I walked out of that exam and I knew I had passed. I knew I did very well. And um, yeah, it was one of the greatest days of my life. And it, just the thrill of it, the thrill of that day, I relive every day. And it's just amazing. Uh, that's great. Now, obviously, it's important for Jews to visit Israel. Uh, me being a Christian, talk to us about why you believe it's so important for Christians to visit the land of Israel. Excellent question. It's very, it's fundamental. It, uh, first of all, Christians are also people of the Bible, people that study the Bible, many of them very in depth. And there's no real way to appreciate the Bible without visiting it. Uh, I, I guess the best analogy I can think of, and this is for lack of a better analogy because it's like apples and oranges. It's like trying to, it's like trying to read, to be a fan of Shakespeare without really knowing English. You know what I'm saying? You're reading translations. To understand the Bible, to really be able to experience it and to make it yours, you need a trip to Israel. Uh, now, that's not to say those who can't come to Israel shouldn't be studying the Bible. I mean, but you're, it's, you're going to have to work harder at it. Someone who comes mm -hmm. to Israel, and as you've been, uh, Jeff, many times, it's it, visiting the sites and being able to see the sites, it becomes yours. And understanding the context, the geography, I mean... In, in terms of your studies, you, you, you think of questions that you wouldn't have thought of, you know, in-depth questions that you want to learn about based on being here. You might say to yourself, wait a minute, something doesn't add up here. In this chapter, it's saying that Abraham was here. And in the next chapter, it's saying he was here. How does it work? If you, if you understand the geography, um, you would understand that that actually makes perfect sense. But And um, so that's why a trip is very fundamental. Also, the spirituality, which you could probably attest to. It's just, it's something that, as I mentioned before, as you confirmed, it's something that's always in the air. Um, so it's not just the intellectual part of it, but it's the spiritual aspect. And the people, I keep in touch with most of my tourists, and they tell me that this trip is still with them to this very day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we find the same thing. You know, and we're, when we're taking people and uh, they've traveled with us, it's something that they talk about for years to come. and almost to a person, every single one of them make that same statement that you made earlier, you know, that that trip changed their life. Maybe not as dramatically as it changed yours for many of them, or as dramatically as it changed mine. But still, uh, you know, everybody sort of attests to the impact that uh, a trip to Israel makes on you. And uh, honestly, the understanding that you gain um, about the stories that we read in the Bible you just can't, there's no, no replacement for that uh, anywhere. You know, it's, it's uh, context is everything. Now, um, tell us about some of the favorite places that you take both, you know, Christians and Jews to. Why are they your favorites? Why, why are they so meaningful? Uh, the sites that I connect to the most for both Jews and Christians are off of Ian Jack sites. A lot of my tourists, especially those like you that are more on the more knowledgeable side, being able to take them to a site that they've read about, that studied 
but they never really thought of it as a site to visit is always very special. One site that's very special, which is off, uh, definitely off the beaten tracks for Jews, for most Christians will visit it, and that's the Jordan River, right? Uh, what's also known as Kasser al-Yahud. I'm talking about not the not the uh, clean water, clean baptism water in the near the Sea of Galilee. I'm talking more about the one near Jericho, which you know the water is uh, right. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting color, but it. I mean the site. It just, <laughs> that site has everything. First of all, I mean, for Jews, it, it's a site, and for Christians, it's a site where Joshua took the children of Israel after 40 years in the desert. He crossed the water. Miraculously, the water split, and he takes them to that side, and the first city they conquer is Jericho. Someone who's there can understand the context, right? Jericho is just uh, yes. right, because the, the verse actually says that it was opposite Jericho. People say, how do you know here? Why not another part of the Jordan River? Because it says opposite Jericho, and Jericho's right there. It's with an eyesight. It's also a cool site for Christians because it's um, also the site where Jesus was baptized. Um, for those that are not interested even in religion, just in modern politics, it's the border of Israel. You are about 20 feet away from both Israelis soldiers and from Jordanian soldiers. You can hear the conversations on the other side of the river. I remember one time I was actually uh, I was uh, taking a group there and um, I heard uh Someone at it was they weren't even yelling it. It was just we were just so close from the Jordanian side. I heard someone say, "Hey, look, mommy, there's a Jew." So uh, that's how close you are. You can hear the conversations that are happening, even on mm. the other side of the river. Um, that's a very special site, of course, a very special site, and probably my two favorite sites to go to that I feel the most connected to is Hebron. Have you been to Hebron? I have. So you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. It's, I mean, for, I mean, Hebron had everything from politics. It had, I mean, it's the first Jewish purchase recorded in history. Abraham buys it in the book of yeah. Genesis, right? It's the first Jewish purchase that's recorded. And, uh, and since then also, I, I mean, the cave of the patriarchs, actually, it's interesting. Um, what, you know, it says that Abraham paid money and many Jewish commentators ask a question. Why is Abraham paying money for something that belongs to him? Right. God had already given him chapters earlier promised that it would go to his descendants the answer is, yeah. is because no one should later claim that it was stolen hey, right abraham bought that land That's so no right. one should later claim that it was taken you know in a way it shouldn't have been taken and you could see the foresight there because today it's a, a disputed site so i mean that site is a very special i would call it the second holiest site in judaism outside the temple mount and another site that I really like, besides Hebron, is not one that's very popular with Christians, though I sometimes bring groups there. I would say it's more popular with Jews, and that's the city of Sfat. It's a um, mystical Jewish city in the Galilee. Um, increasingly, I've been bringing more of my Christian tourists there because I've realized that it's, even though it's more of a Jewish site, it's something that they appreciate. I mean, it, the views there are spectacular. Um, you know, the yes. stories of the War of Independence, and it's... It, it's a very a person, even a Jew or a Christian that stands there, feels a certain level of holiness that, that's not felt in mo even other parts of Israel. So um, I would say those are my three favorite places to to guide, and um, also anywhere anywhere really in Judah and Samaria, the West Bank. There's, there's so many great treasures. Yeah, I, I love uh, Shiloh as well. That's an amazing. It's, thing, uh, yeah. Yeah, an amazing, amazing site. Now, you talked about Sfat, and uh, we went there for the first time on our last trip, which was over two years ago, or, or right around two years ago this time. And uh, I think the thing that impressed me uh, the most about Sfat is is the modern-day story of of the, the war uh, and the, you know, 
the alleged, I would say, or, or the reported miracle that happened there with, uh, you know, with those those loud guns. What was it, the Davidka or the Davidka? Yeah, the weapon that uh, one of those had a very strong bark, but not a very strong bite. It was a pretty useless weapon, but it right. had a frightening sound. Yeah, and there was just it was just so so many neat stories about about how they were able to hold hold that uh, hold that position and uh, just really miraculous that uh, you know that they were able to do that. So and what people don't realize is that holding on to Svat was fundamental on keeping the state of Israel. Um, this battle that you're mentioning happened about three days before Ben Gurion declared independence. Ben Gurion did it May 14th. 1948, this battle happened on May 11th. And uh, Ben-Gurion was looking, it was decided, it was kind of wafering. Should I declare independence? Should I not declare independence? And all eyes were on Sfat. Everything that happened in Sfat would matter. And then something miraculous happened. With the, first of all, on the Arab radio, they started spreading a rumor that uh, Jews were using nuclear weapons, which wasn't true. And it was meant to motivate the people there to fight. Um, Except it did the opposite. It made them frightened. And then all of a sudden, when they hear this Davidka, uh, this, this terrifying noise, and then something really incredible happened. It started to rain, which historically in Israel, it doesn't rain between the Passover, which is usually in April, and Sukkot, which is usually in October. Um, it, it, right. it's, it's very rare to rain, but it started to rain just like it ha rained in uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan. So they said, wait a minute, these, they really are using nuclear weapons. So Israel was wow. able to take it over within a matter of hours. And because of that, there is a state of Israel. It's an amazing uh, story. It is an amazing story. And I knew you would remember all the details. So thanks for filling that in for me. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, we talk about favorite sites and I just want to, you know, a couple of the things that uh, that stand out to me when I'm in Israel. Uh, we we love going on tours and we love visiting all of the sites. And there are so many of mine, uh, so many of them that are my favorites. But two of the favorite places that I have, and it is just sort of even been impressed on me lately. I've been thinking more about this. Two of my favorite places to visit are uh, the Knesset. And then also just to walk by the city hall on, on Jaffa Street in Jerusalem, those municipal buildings are beautiful sure. buildings there. And the reason I think that I, that I love that so much is because it speaks of, uh, you know, the, the modern miracle of, of Israel. It speaks of, of independence and freedom and, and, uh, and democracy. And I think those, those two places, um, you know, I really, I really like to to take people there, and just and just help them to see. You know, this is this is a great country, and uh, you know, it's it's governed well. It's uh, it's it's equitable to all of its citizens. So many things about Israel that are just such a such an amazing amazing uh, country that uh, people need to know more about it. I think, and and I think those are also great places to take people. Absolutely. Great site. I also, another one you've probably been to that I think is very indicative of modern Israel is, have you ever been to Ammunition Hill? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. Very important six-day yeah. war battle site where basically Israel won Jerusalem in that battle. 32 Israeli soldiers lost their lives. But I mean, today people can walk the trenches and feel like they were there. Uh, you know, only only about a few hours later, they liberated the, the Western Wall and the Temple Mount and all of Jerusalem, and then it became accessible yeah. to Jews and Christians. So, I mean, there's a lot of great modern sites like that in 
Israel that, you know, the Knesset, uh, the ammunition hill, so much, even for those that are not as interested, that are, that are interested in the Bible, but they're interested in more the history, the more the modern Israel, those are great sites to visit. Absolutely. Now, Nasan, you're a tour guide. For the last couple of years, uh, that hasn't been a real great, um, a real great job to have. <laughs> Tell us how how you've survived. You you did something very unique, founding uh, Israel's first virtual tour video company. Talk to us about that journey and uh, and how it all came about. So it was an interesting story. That I mean, it uh, this whole thing with Corona happened really all of a sudden. I mean, at the, before Corona hit, and I'm talking, when I say before Corona hit, I'm talking about a day or two. Like, it, it was almost as, I, I can actually pinpoint the day where it really affected my life and most of my colleagues. Um, it was towards the uh, the first week of March. And I mean, I was so busy with tours that I had tour guides work at, I was doing, on that last day, I had three uh, tour, I took three tour guides, right? Myself and two other tour guides working for me with different groups. And then all of a sudden it was over. And the best way I can describe it is using a biblical reference story with Joseph, right? Joseph is asked by Pharaoh to interpret his dream. He asked him, what's, what's, uh, I had this dream about the cows and, you know, and the seven ugly cows swallowed the seven great cows. And what, what's, what gives about this? And he said, uh, well, that's indicative of what's about to happen. Really now we're in seven years of plenty. And I can tell you the last seven years in Israel, where tourism and sky was the limit. Then all of a sudden, overnight, yeah. just like that, it was forgotten about. As Joseph said, it's going to be, he didn't just say it's going to, it's going to be a downturn. All the success, all the, all the, all the food, all the plenty that you had seven years earlier, that's going to go away in a moment's notice. You're going to forget what happened. So now we have a problem. I mean, I have all these tour, how these tourists that want to come, and it's not just it's not just about the livelihood. It's also about what about these people that need to have an Israel connection, especially now. I mean, now that people can't come and uh, people's lives are being uprooted, they need Israel more than ever. So if I can't yeah. bring them to Israel, I have to bring Israel to them. So how am I going to do it? I'm going to give them a tour, but it, I don't want it to be just something that anyone could do using, you know, your using an, a Zoom or an iPhone. I want it to be something where people felt they were actually there. And I brought in one of Israel's top videographers to uh, videotape me doing Jerusalem, do, you know, and it was done 21st century style with the special effects and everything. And we yeah. walked the alleyways just like in in um, in a regular tour, right? One of the great parts of the tour isn't just the sites you visit, but walking between the sites, see, yes. you know, point A to point B. And um, he's stopping along the way. Maybe I see an olive tree. There's an interesting story. And yeah, and um, I was able to make it and it did very well. I, later on, I did a, a tour of Hebron. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just that the feedback's been good. It's been watched by very, you know, by thousands of people, uh, you know, uh, I after that too, I had to start learning how to, you know, I had to, I wanted people to get the, I wanted the word to get out. So I had also, right. um, I started networking with pastors, networking with Christian media figures. And, and um, I developed also at the same time, an Israel blog that became very popular. And it's, you know, it's grown to the level now where we have, you know, we have senators, we have governor, we have uh, over 3000, you know, by now it's over 4,000 pastors, uh, in the U.S. And um, it's something that I've really been able to help 
people, you know, give them an Israel experience at the same time, help them, it helps them in their faith. And it's something they can do from the comfort of their own home, whether it's at seven in the morning or eight at night, whenever it's convenient. Yeah, well, well done. I mean, I think this is uh, just a great response to to the pandemic, but also, you know, I, I see it being something that is is uh, very, very useful in the future. You have no idea, or maybe you do, you know, how many times we get phone calls from from people who, who would be interested in coming on our tours. But when we tell them, you know, how much walking there is, how much, uh, you know, how much, uh, the heat and so on. A lot of them, they're they're older. They say, "Oh, you know what? I think I'm I'm too old. I can't really physically uh, do it. I'm so disappointed. I would really love to come." I think this would be an amazing product for those people, and uh, I'll be happy to tell them about it. As a matter of fact, it would be uh, just something that I think will um, it'll it'll find its place and and even take off once travel is is back to normal. There's a whole market out there for this kind of thing. So very, very, Absolutely. very well Act, done. One of the most memorable uh, people that contacted me once, he said to me, uh, "My fa- so I'm getting this from my father. Uh, he's an older man. He's always dreamed of coming to Jerusalem. At this point, it's not really going to happen. He's not in that kind of shape anymore. This is his last chance. So of course, he bought the tape. And of course, and, and I have the good thing about it is too, is it's not very, you know, it's not expensive. To, it's like buying a video. You uh, you get it yeah. and you can watch it as, as much as you want. It's not, you have to buy a plane ticket. But uh, back to him, he said that he uh, he bought it for his father. Later on, he told me, no, his father, you know, was in tears. His father was like, he felt like he, he'd gone that gruesome experience he so craved. And that to me, I mean, that, that feedback yeah. is something, I, I'll never forget that. Just for that alone, it was worth making the video just to hear him say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Now, just for our listeners and our viewers, tell them again where they can find you on on the web just one more time. Absolutely. So the best way to do it is you can find um, virtualtoursofisrael.com, V-I-R-T-U-A-L, tours, T-O-U-R-S, of O-F, Israel. Israel.com. There are very there's some um, several videos to choose from. There are um, sample videos before you watch it. You can see a, a free sneak preview, and uh, it's one of those things that when you buy it, you get automatically you get a link. You can watch it right away, or you could save it for later, or even better, you can watch it now and then save it for later and watch it as many times as you want. Nice. I had one uh, Methodist, uh, really leading Methodist, uh, um, one of the first people that bought the video. Uh, a leading Methodist pastor in uh, New York, and he bought it, and he said that he's watched it several times, and now he's watching it in segments because he really wants to take it in. And he's told me, after, you know, that he'd been to Israel twice, and he didn't feel a need to come back after those two times. But now that he's seen the video again, and he's he says he has to come back. So it's definitely something I yeah. recommend uh, everyone do, uh, whether you're Jewish, Christian, or just want a great or you're just a traveler, you would just want to enjoy it, have a, a nice experience. It's this virtual, and whether you're also, whether you're a scholar or whether you're someone who's new to all this, everyone will get something from it. Very good. Well, that's great and uh, wonderful for us to be able to share that with people that are watching and listening today. And uh, Nassan, thank you for being on the podcast today. It's been great to have you with us. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Israel. That meaningful name is mentioned more than 2,300 times in the Bible. It is from this land, nation, and people 
that Christianity emerged some 2,000 years ago. But since that time, Christianity has become mostly disconnected from Israel, and without an understanding of the Jewishness of Jesus and our Hebraic foundations, so much of the depth and meaning of the Bible is lost. First Century Foundations is committed to helping Christians reconnect and stay connected to Israel. We invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can view our TV programs and weekly video podcasts, Keeping It Israel. Follow us on Facebook and our other social media platforms. Let's reconnect to Israel and stay connected. Find out more at firstcenturyfoundations.com.